folks, welcome to the Jock and Jeno show. It's Jay Clark from the Herald Sun and the five-time All-Australian, five-time Copeland Trophy winner. Jeez, didn't he get the most votes from the coaches for his performance on Thursday night? Scotty Penner, the captain of Collingwood. Hello, Scotland. G'day, mate. How you going? You're in uh, nice form, mate. Now that you can bend over and pick the footy up off the ground, uh, you've, you've got the you got the nine coaches votes and a nice win, Scotty. Well done. Yeah, it was a it was a good game. I think uh, the way the boys played. Was um, a lot more like how we wanted to play. We we're disappointed, obviously, with round one. Um, and yeah, I think we responded really well. Our boy Jordy to go. He put on a nice oh, little show. Didn't oh, he? didn't he? Gary Ablett Senior, we're calling him now. Oh, I seen that. That's yeah, that's a little bit outlandish. But um, what did you think of his screamer? He took the big screamer and curled around on the right. I haven't seen that before from him. Yeah, uh, he's a big boy, and I think it was Olive Market Markov underneath him, and he did well to hold up. I thought he'd crumble <laughs> a bit quicker than that. So, but uh, yeah, like he just Jordy just looks so confident at the moment doesn't he like he's kicking like one of the snaps he had he had a snap from 50 and hit the top of the post yeah. like that's going 70 meters snap yep um, yeah he was in ripping form but um, even he said last week he's he's a little bit of a product of how the ball gets moved up the field and then if we can get him and our forwards into one-on-ones it's, they're very dangerous it was a great chat I love all our chat, Scott. But that was last week was was unreal. I thought just because he was he surprised me. He was so. I mean, we never hear from him in the media, and I understand why. Probably a little bit shitty with us with the, with the treatment and that last year. Although to be fair, he probably did deserve yeah. a fair bit of it. He, he'd done the wrong thing a couple of times and was running out of chances. But I love just how comfortable we're at relaxed how frank and honest uh, he was you know talking about leaving a million dollars a year on the table from north melbourne i reckon he might be on 600 or 650 a year or something like that just just sort of estimating so you know it was a it was a huge sacrifice and did, did you think he was going to be yeah was, as open I, as that? well when i said that we've got him i said to you that he's a pretty relaxed fella and he'll be honest with us and yeah um yeah i i wasn't um, too surprised but I like I had so many people come up to me and just couldn't believe how articulate he was how yeah. smart um, his passion about footy I reckon shone through which was awesome I reckon that's you know half the reason we do this is to get people to be like open honest relaxed yep um, yeah not blowing smoke up us but <laughs> I reckon if that was another footy show or anything he probably doesn't have the time to sit there and just actually talk about what he loves to do and yep. be relaxed he'll probably just get asked more about you know how he kicks goals what he does so um, yeah straight after the podcast he said that he loved being on and yeah. felt real relaxed and enjoyed it and he probably won't do too much more media for the year. That's probably him <laughs> done. But, um, yeah, and as I said, like went out there, played good footy, yep. loved it. So, um, yeah, but it was good to just – yeah, it was great to have someone so open and honest. I reckon probably more so for you, just it was, would have been refreshing to hear someone just talk that freely. Yeah, it was great. And he certainly fired on the field. What did he kick? Five snags? Five snags. And uh, I think he got Although this- I was calling him Joey. Joe the Goose. He kicked oh, a few from the goal square. <laughs> so he's kicked five, but he's kicked three from the goal square, I think. But nah, he was uh, unreal. It's a little bit harsh, I thought. When he, <laughs> when he took that screamer and curled one round on the uh, right foot, do you think, um, I mean, there's talk now he could be one of the top ten players in the comp. Do you think that's fair or not? Is, um, is he ceiling that high? Oh, I think, oh, his ceiling is um, best player in the game. Like, that's his you ceiling. Yeah. Like but, yeah, top ten player um, in the comp, whatever it is, um, I think the beauty of what we're trying to do at our football club is 
that balance, that even balance. You know, Geordie last week, Brody Majek was un- unreal. Yep. Chris Mayne was really good. Crispy, Adam Trelaw. Um, you know, so it's about being able to go out there and execute your role. Like if Geordie wanted to be the main man, you know, he could he could have taken the massive office last year, but he sacrificed because he wants to be part of what we're building. Yep. Our culture, our club, the way we play, look after each other. And yeah, we're trying to be the best team. We don't want the best individuals. We want the, the best team because that's what's going to get it done at the end of the year. Well, I want to ask you about that. And um, we're talking about players, sort of salaries and contracts can always be a little bit awkward at time. But clearly at the end of last year, we know that Collingwood restructured a heap of payments to fit in Geordie, to keep um, Darcy Moore, to get Geordie Ruffhead and also, of course, to get Dane Beams. And you're captain of that. I understand you were part of that. Um, tell us about that that process because it seemed like it was a very Geelong, very Hawthorne-type move from you guys. Yeah, well, I think any club, um, not only in the AFL, you look at NRL, whether it be the Storm, you look at NBA, like Golden State, um, there's an element of sacrifice to be the best side. And, um, you know, to, to able to bring Beams in, to bring Ruffy in, um, you know, guys make little sacrifices along the way to be chase success. It was no different in 2010 when we brought Ball in and we brought Darren Jolly in that you've got to fit them in and, you know, you're getting two really good players. And, you know, hopefully from now on, this our club is one of those clubs where guys are willing to come to us, um, you know, for effectively what gets known in the industry is unders because they want to experience the culture. You've seen it happen with Hawthorne and Geelong, um, you know, a guy like Paddy Dangerfield, arguably the best player in the game. Yep. Um, you know, I don't even think he's one of the top five or six guys highest paid in the league. So, um that's the culture you're trying to create with your football clubs. It's, you know, winning football is, is really fun and, and playing in big games, performing well, and know what you're going to get from your teammate. Um, yeah, it's been a really good ride for us in the last sort of 12, 18 months. How does that conversation go from a club official? So your um, list manager, Ned Guy, has done, made an incredible impact on your footy club. Got Jaden Stevenson. We won't go through all the moves, but I reckon he's made some absolute beauties. Um, how, do, how does that conversation start with someone like yourself? Oh, I think it's really Ned and the accountant punch out the numbers and, and working out oh boy we got a problem and, yeah. and probably working out what, what they need to do and um, yeah from there it's you know the powers above and you, you trust what the football program is going to do and what we can deliver and yeah. I'm all about trying to get a, a flag so, so um, what did you say when they said Scotty we need to shuffle some things um Oh, I said, yeah, if it's the best interest of the football club, let's do it. Do whatever. Um, do what we've got to do. If you need to extend me for another five years, I'm happy to extend for another five years. So. Oh, Benjamin Button. Um, <laughs> yeah, as I said, it's it's one of those things where you look at other clubs, you look at people around the world, you know, Kevin Durant, I think yep. he took $12 million less. Did he really? Over two years. to Did to, he? fit everyone in because he could be a max guy 20 oh, max, guy max guy easily yeah. but he's playing for under max so um, yeah and you know we're not the first football club to do it um, as I said Geelong Hawthorne all the great sides people make sacrifices along the way and um, yeah and, and really like the, the, the obvious one was, was Geordie like he got offered huge money elsewhere stayed, stayed with us and that probably allowed a lot of what happened to happen looking like an amazing draft pick and um, a great effort for, for the club to keep him for him to stay um, 
and it's now, though, I think, how many guys? I think there might be 12 guys who have recontracted. I know Tay Adams has extended his deal. Crispy is part of that. Will Hoskin Elliott. So you've had buy the whole, it feels like there's been buy-in. Yeah, well, I think right? the club wants to keep this group together. That yeah. They're in a really good age bracket. You know, Taylor Adams, Crispy, Brody. Will, Brody, Darcy, Jamie Elliott, yeah. Tommy Langdon. Steel. Steel. Um, Adam Trelaw, guys like that are in yep. a ripping age bracket. So keep them together and hopefully they see value in keeping few of the experienced balls around for a little bit longer as well, mate. How long are you going to play for, Scotty? Oh, um, yeah, I don't know. Look, if Ned wants to give me a fiver, I'll take it. Last one was a fiver, so... Um, no, I'm, I actually don't know how long I've got left, so... I'm taking... I've got one more year after this year, yep. so... And then see what happens. You grow, the grand final matches this weekend. Could, Is could, it? Who do we play? West, play West Coast. Oh, okay, do we? Haven't heard that. Smart, could you... How did you... you we said the other week that you um, you obviously had the sore back and you've had the postseason surgery. How fit were you for the grand final? Yeah, no, I was... Um, yeah, I was definitely right to go. It was just one of those things where, um, yeah, I'd, I'd learned to play with. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, like, on game day, once you cross the line, you're ready to go. Um, wasn't happy with my performance in the grand final. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing them on Saturday night. I think both sides are slightly a little bit different with how we're playing. Um, you know, I think we've played them, like, three times in 10 weeks. Yeah. When you look at actual football, you know, around 17, first final, grand final, and then again now so it's probably going to be like four times in 12 weeks we've played West Coast so yep. we've got a pretty good rivalry most of the games have been close although they've won them so looking forward to having another crack at them they beat you down the spine West Coast the three times they, they played you much different setup this year Geordie Ruffhead playing some very nice football at fullback and Darcy Moore is one of the most improved players in the competition at the moment we yep. know he had a nightmare year last year with his hamstring but uh, geez, he was excellent with the intercept marking in that back half round two round one he was very good as well I tell you what you'd be excited about him having centre half back to help stop Josh Kennedy yeah. instead of well, I think the beauty with Ruffy and Dars is just the they're both athletic guys so they can they're jumping at the footy jump at the ball they back themselves in the air um, Darcy's ability to come off and help you know, and read the games really strong. Um, you know, he covered little guys last week. There was one with him and Rioli on a hit up, yep. you know, shuts him down because he's so quick and athletic. So both these guys, um, the flow and effect, effect of them standing up as you get, you know, Howie and Langers playing on matchups, they're more suited to. So, yeah, look, as I said, looking forward to having a crack um, against West Coast. They played really well last week. I think both sides know how each other want to play. It's just yep. who can go out there and execute better. He, he looks like a natural backman, Scott. Forget- who? Darcy. Oh, forget, I wouldn't play him forward ever again. Forget the forward stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, Have you provided that feedback oh, to the coach? No, I haven't. But, yeah, <laughs> I, oh, he's an absolute jet at centre-half, back, full-back, wherever yep. you want. He's in your system. He's unbelievable. Is, so, he, a, is, he, a, is he a... He's a backman. Yeah. Yeah. He's not a forward. He's a pretty uh, good set shot at goal, though. Yes, he one is. thing, so... He, I've spoken, I had one of you interview with him about this time last year, I reckon, and lovely bloke, like, I yeah. could have chatted to him for hours. Is he a f- footy head, like, is he, uh, I don't know, how, what's he no, like around the footy club? He's, he would, I would say, like, with a shift with football, he's really, really well balanced in his life. Mm-hmm. So he studies outside, um, you know, loves the Melbourne restaurant scene, blah, blah, blah. Um, footy when he needs to be, he can switch off when he needs to be. He's got uni there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he's trying to maximise the opportunity that he's got with footy. So yeah. very much 
yeah, like the the new age football where it's not all about football, but when it's time to do, you know, I I think it was last on Thursday night when we played Richmond, like overheard him saying that during the day he'd been watching tape of Rewalt to see how he moved and what he needed to do, just really? freshen up on stuff. So I found that surprising because I didn't think he was that yeah. type of guy. But yeah, so clearly he's one of those guys that is diligent, whether footy, uni, commitments, work commitments, family, whatever. He's a smart dude. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's a podcast candidate. Uh, yeah, well, when Darcy? I asked that question on Twitter, yeah. a lot of people said Darcy. Get Darcy and Peter, the yep. Daily Double. So, Ooh. see how we go. That Father would be sons. good. Hey, let's talk about the um, win over Richmond at the weekend because I saw a blueprint there, Scotty. I reckon, you, I reckon you've opened, the club has opened the competition's eyes. Pandora's box. Pandora's box, yeah, exactly yeah. right. So, not only how you beat Richmond, but how you're going to confront this forward press and pressure, tackle pressure that every club wants to emulate at the moment. And what you did was you, uh, you had all these short kicks, these uncontested kicks. You controlled the ball beautifully in the back half and Chris yep. Judd called it beautifully, superbly on Triple M late in the first quarter. He said, Confucius say you can't tackle man who take mark. Yeah. And that felt to me like it nailed exactly what you guys wanted to do. Yep. Is that a fair point to yeah, beat well, the think, Richmond yeah, pressure? I think it wasn't so much about Richmond's pressure. It was about what we had been doing through JLT games practice game versus Melbourne, Geelong round one. We were sorting, sort of speeding the game up when we didn't need to to allow pressure to come on to us when we didn't need to. Yep. I think we were the highest side in the competition for turnovers in your back half, which is not a stat you want to be leading in the comp. So no. we wanted to be slightly more calculated with how we move the footy. Slow it down a bit. Uh, yeah, well, that's exactly right. Slow the ball down a little bit. Don't get ourselves into a up-tempo um, you know, a play on transition game when we don't need to. Um, well, I think I said after the game, it might have been a slight overcorrection. I don't know if we're going to get 177 marks every week, but um, look, I think we. Most in I don't think we were slow. We were just a bit more calculated. We still moved the footy quick. We had 60-something inside 50s. We kicked over 100 points. So it was that high-powered offense with tempo was still there. I think we just um, we didn't just take dumb risks out of the back half. You know, like you, kick, you hit a kick, you just play on for no reason, and then all of a sudden you just got to bomb it into your forward line, which um, most back lines in, in this day and age set up for. So, yeah. yeah, we were slightly more calculated, got a little bit more field position before we sped up, and, yeah, it happened to work against Richmond. So so I don't. I think some sides will probably look at it and think we can do that, but you've also got to understand your team, how you want to play, how you take away their strengths and weaknesses. Because it was still a pretty close game until probably 15 minutes to go when the, the margin blew out a little bit. But until then, it was still a three-goal game. I saw you sell a little bit of candy earlier, and is it in the first quarter down near the boundary line? Who did you? Who oh did you, yeah. Who did yeah. you get? Uh, Sean Edwards, but he gets a few <laughs> as well. So does he? He's probably due to, to cop a little bit back. Did I also see late in that third quarter, Rich? have a I mean it's the 6-6-6 rule now yes they had a 7 right. yeah. was there a sneaky 7th in their back half there was yeah, so did at, you see that at the yeah, time yeah because everyone was barking out on the field they had a, I think it was late in the 3rd um, and it wasn't a deliberate thing but they had 7 defenders 6 through the midfield and then 5 forwards and our backs were going off their heads and yeah. our forwards were screaming and what were they screaming they've got an extra yeah. like, you can't have an extra they've got an extra free um, kick yeah so no well it's a warning so you don't get a free kick on your first offence don't you so you get one warning, so which I think is like going to create chaos because if you get a warning, you may as well just burn one warning a game because it gives you a little bit more time to reset. So I think Brad Scott said on the weekend when they played Brisbane that their centre bounce stuff wasn't working well. They were a little bit um, discombobulated, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, well, you could actually just send your winger back, cop a warning, take 30 more seconds There's just no to re- re- reset. 
Well, you're technically getting punished because you cop a warning. If you do it again, it's a free kick. But no one's going to make the same mistake twice. So I wonder now whether – because clubs are all over this sort of stuff. And I was after the game. I was like – I said to Bucks, I was like, why don't we use this as a tactic? If, if we're not happy with something or we need to get a rotation or whatever. It's 30 seconds to go in a game. Just send someone back, cop a warning, move them back to where you want or get the preferred positions that you want and then just go from there. Why well, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, exactly. You would, you would do it. If I was, I was at Hawthorne Western Bulldogs on Sunday. Yeah. Hawthorne desperately trying to hang on to a lead in yeah. the last few minutes. Bulldogs have got all the momentum. Next time, why don't they just swing a seventh behind, cop a warning, yeah. and and slow play? Yeah. Well, get you got no, cause you still get a you get a warning, and then you've got to reset. So you've got seven behind, yeah. get a warning, and then you've got to go back to six. six oh, yeah, they had to move. You have to move, but right. they, they, Richmond didn't get a warning. Oh, they weren't spotted. They weren't spotted, so they got away with it. Right. Yeah. So, but if you get a warning, then well, you may as well take. Yeah. Run, so that's what I'm saying. But if you can, you cop. You might want to cop a warning. Yeah. To then be like, right, oh, just because reset. You can get away with it. Yeah. Or yeah, you can. You might get away with it. As Richmond did. As they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it you? Did you say you at Hawthorne? Free yep. kick or not? I, I've heard about it, but yeah. Free kick. Well, I wrote the match report and said that Sicily got sucked in, and it was another sort of ill-disciplined moment. There was some strong feedback on Twitter um, <laughs> about that, especially from the Hawthorne crew that said it wasn't a free kick. Look, I this is an unpopular opinion, and it probably goes against um, the bulk of public sentiment. But I think if there is a closed fist whack on the football field, um, then that is absolutely a free kick. I don't yeah. think after seeing the Andrew Gaff. Um, um, punch to Andrew Brayshaw and I, yeah. I know he didn't mean to hit him in the jaw yeah. he clearly hit him in the yeah, chest yeah. and Brayshaw just lowered himself but any closed fist on the football field I think is unacceptable yeah, pay the yeah. free kick for that just and because of the outcome it could create yeah, too. yeah, yeah. I'm happy with push I'm and shove fine. with yeah. the bumping and the bit of the bravado and the show of strength intimidation yeah, yeah, yeah. I love all that as much as the next person yeah. but I think as soon as you start whacking people in the guts and in the sternum yeah. or higher with yeah. a closed fist like I think our game's moved to the point where we don't want that anymore. Yeah. So, I've, so I'm sort yeah. of comfortable with the free kick, yeah. although the TV camera doesn't exactly show it. You yeah. agree? Oh, yeah, I think if it's a closed fist, and that was made clear to us in pre-season when the umpires come out, clear to you? that if you close fist, punch someone, that you're running the risk of Whistle. free kick. So you might do it and you might get away with it because the umpire doesn't see it. Yep. But if the umpire thinks you've closed fist and you've whacked someone, free kick. they're going to pay a free kick. Yep. So you know it. Um, and the... the the crap thing, I suppose, is for forward defenders is defenders, if you do it, it's a shot at goal. If yep. a forward does it, it's just a free kick. Yep. So the risk versus reward's extremely in the forward's favour. So did you think it was a free kick, Sicily? I haven't. Like, I actually haven't. I've seen... From behind? I've seen it from behind, so I don't actually see what happens. I don't see his hand or anything. It just yeah. looks like he hugs him almost. Yep. And then free kick gets paid. When I was when I seen it, I was like, well, that can't be a free kick. But then someone's like, oh, but he had his fist closed. And I was yep. like, well, then you're running the risk. You're allowing an umpire to potentially jump in and make a decision. On 6-6, what do you think? There's heaps more room for you guys to do your thing in the middle. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I reckon it's... Um, Does it change the Yeah, game? well, I think I said... Against Geelong, I would have loved to have been able to put one back when we we're five points up I just bet. to protect your defence. But um, it allows the game to flow. It allows every time there's a goal kicked, it's a new opportunity because when you win a clearance, you're going into pretty much even numbers. Um, Richmond are probably the only side so far from what I've seen that try to do something a little bit different. What's that? With, you know, they'll start Lambert 
as a six defender, yep. but he sprints in off the back. Their winger goes straight back to pick up. They basically leave a wing free yep. um, to, to support their defence. Um, yeah, I think it's good. Like the, the Brisbane game versus North, the scoring was high paced. And I think Eddie had, or Marvel Stadium plays a part in that. So, but yeah, uh, it feels good being in the centre square, knowing you don't have two guys running in off the wing. You don't have two coming off the back of the square. Um, yep. Guys just buzzing through. So, so you feel, how much more room do you feel like you've got? Heaps how much more, more time? Yeah, heaps more time because guys can't. You used to get forwards that start off the back and they would sprint through. Um, so there's just chaos coming everywhere. Whereas I feel like now it allows the centre bounce crew to go to work. You've got a bit more time. You can win clearances. You might be able to get out, hit a target because, yeah, you, like all your defenders are thinking defence. Yep. They're not coming in. They're not trying to pressure. So you've got a lot more space to create through there. Yeah. Um, you know, and you can take so much more penetration. I think we're seeing clearances go like a lot deeper. Yeah. Um, we haven't seen the score increase though. Not yet. I think it will as time as sides adjust and figure out. Like two weeks is a pretty short sample size. We are talking before the Mason Cox tribunal hearing. Do you think you just quickly? Do you think you will get off? And what do you think of that incident? Um, when we put this to air, it'll obviously be already decided. Yeah, but what so do you think I'm, should happen? I'm thinking if the ghosts to air, mm-hmm. oh, this, sorry, Coco, yep. Coco's decision's out, yep. I think he'll be free to play. Mm-hmm. Um, why? Um, well, I heard, I think it was Chris O talk about um, that it was 35 metres off the ball and shouldn't be hitting players. And I get that. But I think where the ball was, if I think Josh Thomas had it, if he snaps that over his shoulder... Cox is in line of play. Yep. And then that one-on-one would have happened. So I just feel like Cox has done like a tiny, tiny little bit of body work. Grimes didn't see it coming. Contest. But think, yeah, so if that, if that snaps over his shoulder, Cox is literally taking a mark. Or there's a one-on-one contest there. So yeah, I think to say that it wasn't in play is not right. Because I feel like in play is literally 50 yeah. metres either side of the ball. Yeah. Like if, if you've got it, it's 50 metres forward of the ball because you're trying to jostle for position. Um, you know, you look at a stoppage, there's always hits on the body to try and win that body position first. So yeah, I think he'll get off, but I'm, yeah, I'm unsure. Are you confused about what, what contact is permitted off the ball? Um, like, okay. I think it's hard because clearly Grimes um, wasn't aware that Coxie was there. And I don't think Coxie had any malice trying to hit him like because he could have done some serious damage Coxie if yep. he wanted to so a little bit on the players to understand that because um, the Liam Jones one on Rewalt that, you know that's that's a big hit off the ball yep. um, so yeah if, you, if your player is aware of it like you look at backs they'll smash forwards off the footy to try and block their run check their run yep. so if forwards aren't aware of it and you go to check and what do you do you got to like pull back so yep. yeah it's one of, it's an awkward one because when the guys aren't expecting it you know if Grimes expected that nothing would have happened but I still don't think there was enough contact in it to warrant a week, but, yeah, wait and see. Um, what do you think? I I didn't think there was much in it at all. Like, I, I, I think he should get off, but I'm worried about the medical report saying that he's got concussion because if you make contact... So look, did that, who did Richmond put a medical report out saying he's got concussion? The... Well, Richmond have written a medical report yeah. on the incident, and yeah. I think it'll come out tonight, but I yeah. believe that there was either concussive signs yeah. uh, or, or symptoms, which yeah. doesn't all go well for Coxie, okay. because if you make contact to someone's head yeah. and, and they have concussion yeah. or believe to have 
concussion, then yeah, yeah. Because I always said if you elect to bump and there's concussion, then you put yourself in a grayer. So, but if Richmond, this is probably just hypothetical, but if they had a medical report tonight and said like actually doesn't have any concussion symptoms and there's nothing in a report, would then that just get thrown out? Well, I think it would. It wouldn't meet the low force criteria. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think so. That yeah, yeah. The Richmond medical report's pretty crucial. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Um. Before we finish up, West Coast game this weekend. Have you spoken about the grand final? Yeah, I think we've said that publicly as well. That we reviewed it on the first day back that the whole group no, come no, together. This week. Um, no, I haven't. Not this week. I think Will be the beauty on? of playing a Thursday night game is you just fly under the radar because there's Friday night, all Saturday, all the Sunday. You just don't have to really do any media. So, um, <laughs> no, for us, like we've had internally, we've had um, a review day. Um, and all that we haven't like we we acknowledge that it's going to be spoken about externally yeah um but we also acknowledge the prelim was going to be spoken about externally and it doesn't it doesn't play a part i don't feel like we were less motivated to beat richmond because we beat them in the prelim yeah um I don't feel like West Coast are going to think, oh, well, this is just a walkover because we knocked them over in the grand final. Yeah. There's no added motivation for me to try and beat West Coast because there's enough motivation on the line. I want to get to two and one with our record and most of the guys are the same. We're excited to to get back out there on the G and, and have, a, have a crack. What do you think when you think back to that last play, the McGovern mark? Yeah. He kicks well, the Vardy. Yeah, he goes forward to Liam Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Liam Ryan goes to Sheed. Well, I was, when the night I got my life membership, I had to sit there and watch that doco. The AFL at the launch. AFL launch, they launched that doco. So I'm sitting in the crowd, and next day previously I'd said I'd never wanted to go to one of those AFL launches because I know they do those docos there. But the only reason I ever wanted to go is if I was a I'd won a flag or B I was the premiership captain had to speak. <laughs> so I was like, that's just the only time I wanted to go. Yeah. And funnily enough, it hurts. It's what? Because it hurts. No, no, because I just, oh, yeah, even when I haven't made a granny or whatever, I'm always envious of that that opportunity that the captain got or the team gets to go and do that. So never want to go. And then, funnily enough, the year I get life memberships, the year I lose the flag <laughs> by five points. And um, But, yeah, I sat there. I watched, like, the doco was, yeah, it hurt, but it was cool to see, you know, even their stories about how Dom Sheed should have been on the bench, Liam Ryan should have been on the bench, um, McGovern's said he, he slipped over previously and then just flew for the mark. Um, Vardy had slipped over up the field and sort of no one realised he'd slipped over and then by the time he bobbed up, the ball fell in his lap. So, yeah, um, yeah it was one of those things where he sat there and grinned my teeth and bear it. And, yeah. What did the Magpies... What would the, if that situation <coughs> presented itself again, what would the Magpies want to do better? What would your team want to do better in that last play? What was the breakdown? Um... Oh, to be honest, like we forced them wide the whole way. Um, it's probably just the inability to read that the two v one that they had so deep in the pocket. I don't yeah. think we picked that up. Yeah. And the kick went. We seen Braz and Rioli, and then all of a sudden, Sheed popped out of the pocket. And we're like, wow, where did he pop up from? So mm-hmm. just that that accountability to, to sort of pick up where where he was. Not easy in the last three minutes of a game where you've put absolutely everything into. Oh, well, I didn't even realise um, Vardy was there. So the ball got kicked, and I remember like turning around, seeing Goldie, and then Vardy just popped up like a sprinkler. Yeah. So where's he come from? <laughs> yeah. like I sort of thought I'd checked, and he popped up, and yeah, took a pretty good mark. So when you're in game, how much of awareness do you have about where everyone else is? Like, is it just sort of is that a captaincy thing or just um, a new thing? No, like- I think it's players and how they see the game. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've got a decent awareness on defensive transition of where people are and. Yeah. Dangerous space and where you want to force side. So, yeah. Um, you know, Liam Ryan's mark was on a two on two contest as a pretty good, pretty good mark. So, 
Yeah. Um, yeah, but anyway, looking forward to having a crack at them. Oh, I bet you are. Um, I think that's all uh, for the Jock and Journo Show, Series 3, Episode 3. We want to thank the George Scotty here on Collins Street because that's where we record these things. We appreciate their support. Get down here. The Comedy Fest is on, Scotty. Are you going to see any uh, comedy? Um, maybe. Pete Hallier? Yeah, funny. Might go see him. Come here. Before you uh, before you go to the Comedy Fest, before you go to the footy, great Vietnamese menu, drinks, it's uh, beautiful in here. So get down to the George and then maybe the next day, Go down to the St Andrews Beach Brewery, Scotty. They've got uh, plenty of beautiful down properties. Yeah. Absolutely. It's uh, outstanding down there as uh, as well. But, uh, mate, good luck. Thank you. Slightly big game on Saturday night. It is. Six points up for grabs. Four points up for grabs. Oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> well, we appreciate you listening in. We're going to have another guest next week. This has been Jay Clark and Scotty Penabry on the Jock and Journal Show. We'll catch you next week. Thank you. Bye-bye.